welcome to the Sports Id. It is time for the Week 1 Preview. I am Drew, and I am joined as always by Daniel. A.K.A. the straw that stirs the drink. You've always got the best, the best little things to call yourself, Daniel. <laughs> I just, that was a ripoff of Reggie Jackson, R.I.P. All right, before we get into it, let's do the plugs like we always do. Uh, Wait, is- I should I should mention before you get into the plugs that Reggie Jackson is not dead. I thought you would know <laughs> that. <laughs> and we'd be like, hey, no. Reggie Jackson is dead? I'm like, no, he's not dead. All right. Um, to the plugs. <laughs> we are, of course, the Sports Id. You can check us out at thesportsid.net. Uh, it's got all of the articles we don't write anymore and all of the podcasts we record, which is mostly just uh, this one and wrestling. Uh, so head there to check that out. You can check us out on facebook.com slash thesportsid. You can email us at thesportsid at gmail.com and you can follow us on Twitter at thesportsid. And the music at the beginning of this episode and end and of every episode so far this season is from Matthew Manninen of the Underground West. Uh, does a lot of great music. And you can buy his albums online. A lot of them are pay what you want or just straight up free you can check those out at the undergroundwest.bandcamp.com or you can check him out on facebook.com slash undergroundwest I've always wondered is it more insulting to pay a penny or to just download it for free like which would be worse I think I think Matthew would say it's more insulting to just download it for free I respect that Matthew capitalism baby it's alive and well because like he's if if it is going to get you to listen to his music, he doesn't mind if it's for free because he just wants to get it out there. But he also wouldn't mind getting a penny, you know. Like if you can spare one, it's money. Whatever, he'll take it. I've seen how that man lives. He can use a penny. So. <laughs> All right. He's buried I, Matthew. No, no, I love Matthew. But I swear to God, the last few times I've seen him eat, except for when I've fed him, it's him just eating beans out of a can because he doesn't know how to cook. And it's just what's in his cupboards. So... All right, let's let's stop talking about my poor musician friends uh, and talk about some football. Let's let's talk about. Uh... Are you okay, Drew? I'm sorry. I, I thought I was going to be able to get through this without crying, but uh, I really don't think I can. It was rough last night, buddy. Yeah, Green it Bay. Is... Green Bay lost to the Seahawks, thirty-six to sixteen. I'll let you have a moment. I'll let you take the floor right now and let you get some things off your chest before I crush her. Crush your team into little tiny pieces. Uh, I just, I just want to say, um, Green Bay needs to have like their preseason. Hello, New York. Their preseason needs their their <laughs> their OTAs needs to consist of the very first week for eight hours a day, every day. They need to just tackle, just just tackle dummies for the whole week, and then the same thing the last week before the first game of the season. Because I swear to God, I have seen better tackling in flag football. So what you're saying is, forget schemes, forget uh, game plan, let's just tackle. Let's back to the basics. None of that matters if you can't wrap a guy up. I swear... If I see another linebacker, or if I see Morgan Burnett throw his shoulder at a guy one more time and whiff, I'm like... I was showing you before we went on air how bald I am. I swear to God, like, this is half the hair I had before the game last night. I was freaking out about the tackling. Like, every single fucking play. I could not. I could not. Oh. It's hard It's hard to tackle the beast mode, man. 
when the it, beast mode is coming at you. It wasn't just him. It was anybody in Seahawks, I don't know, what is it, like navy blue, in, in like Seahawks colors was just apparently covered in pig fat or some shit. I don't know. It was impossible for... Uh, there was a couple of good wrap-up tackles. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Sam Shields is always good at tackling. And... Um, Son of a bitch, I'm drawing a blank here. But there, uh, there were like two, maybe three players that were re- that would reliably tackle a guy anywhere on the field, uh, and that's just that's just not enough. I mean, we can be upset about tackling, and I understand that that was an issue, but this game wasn't about the Seattle. I mean, the Green Bay defense. I this mean, is a game. That's kind of this, the point. A, this game is about the Seattle defense. Now, see, we 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 had a we had a brief text discussion earlier today while I was at work, before we went on air, where I made the point that yes, Seattle played great. They took advantage of every mistake Green Bay made, and Green Bay made a lot of mistakes. And I'm not trying to say that Seattle isn't elite defense because they are, but I still feel like last night the Packers' troubles on offense had more to do with that offensive line and more to do with Aaron Rodgers looking like a bag of hot garbage out there. Uh, than Seattle's defense. Well, all right, let me say this. When you look at that game, what I took away from it was how perfect you have to be as an offense against this defense. I don't think that Seattle, I mean, excuse me, Green Bay did anything completely uncharacteristic that you see a normal NFL offense uh, each week do. I mean, there were some drop passes, there were some missed assignments, but against... But against Seattle, all that's magnified because you don't have many chances against this team to make it count. So, you know, when you're playing the Rams or you're playing the Niners even or other teams like that, you have chances to overcome your mistakes. In Seattle, you make a mistake, that's it. It's, it's going to get paid. It's, it's going to get paid for. Now, I agree, but what I'm saying is they made an uncharacteristic amount of mistakes, and I don't believe – that a significant amount of them were caused by the Seahawks. I think if this game happens like week six, week seven, there are it's it's a closer game. There's not that many mistakes. I don't know, like I don't know how they could possibly have been unprepared for this game. And I, like schematically, I think defensively they were unprepared. Um, because All they I know lost, is like true. every defensive lineman, but. Aaron Rodgers really was off target with a lot of passes. You were talking about drop passes, and I wanted to jump in and say, I don't know how many drop passes there were, but watching that game, it felt like more often the throws were behind or way over. Drew, I want you to think about the game. How many times were guys running open? How many times were Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb able to hook up with space around them? Every throw, every route was covered by an elite, Seattle corner hovering okay, over but, the receivers. But Green Bay is is big with that that possession short pass West Coast type of of game. Like that should not have been as big of a deal as it was. No, if, if there's a difference between running a slant and getting being able to run three yards, then run, catching a slant and then Cam Chancellor is dropping the hammer of Thor upon that ass as soon as the ball hits his hands. I mean. These guys are human. You keep just go back and look at the Super Bowl. Look at the last twenty games Seattle's played. That stuff is accumulative. You keep getting hit. You keep not being able to get free reign. It starts to seep into your consciousness. And the fact that Seattle shut down 
half of the field last night. They just rolled their safety coverage towards Jordy and said, look, you can have nine catches for 83 yards. Guess what you're not getting? The 25-yard play. If you look at the Green Bay drive last night, they had one drive, one legitimate drive over 40 yards. One. They got that 44-yard penalty except a field goal early. I know, you know, penalty helps. I'm just talking about an offensive drive unaided by the defense's mistakes. And that was, what, a meaningless touchdown pretty much late in the fourth quarter? Oh, I mean, technically it was the beginning of the fourth quarter, but... Beginning of the fourth quarter, whatever. It's just meaningless. All I'm saying is, when you make Aaron Rodgers, this is a Hall of Fame quarterback, unable to sustain any sort of drive. That is impressive. They had a 10-play, 35-yard drive, man. That's unbelievable. They took 10 plays to go 35 yards, and then they turned it over on downs. Again, I'm not disputing that this is a great defense, but, again, that had more to do with that, like, pasted-together offensive line. I I think if they played... um, I'm trying to think of a if they played Minneapolis or Minneapolis Minnesota if they played the Vikings like they would have gotten that same kind of push up front with that offensive line. Oh no. No. The, 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 that defensive line is the, probably the most underrated aspect of that team. I mean, everyone talks about Russell, Marshawn and the LOB and even the linebackers get more plug. Malcolm Smith is a Super Bowl MVP, Bobby Wagner is well respected. That defensive line is deep, versatile, and athletic. And they kept coming at them. They kept coming at the Packers. And the Packers line hasn't been good in, what, three years? They just have Aaron Rodgers, whose greatness is able to overcompensate, excuse me, is able to compensate for the terribleness that is the Packers line. Here's a little stat for you, because I know, I know you like stats. And here's yeah, one I'm just. Here's the secret stat that you're. This, here's the secret stat I've been. Yeah, you know, I just it's a stat. I didn't seen it on any site. I just went and did it myself because I just looked over the last few years and I was like, "Here's here's these quarterbacks: Brady, Breeze, Manning, and Rodgers." Against the Seattle D, is averaging twenty-eight for forty-four, two hundred sixty-four yards, one point two touchdowns, an interception, and seventy-nine point six passer rating per game. These are Hall of Fame, first ballot, no doubt, quarterbacks with Jay Fiedler numbers. I mean, it's it's not just it's not just Rodgers, man. It is no one does well against this team. I'm sorry, and I, I just love that you messed up Jay Fiedler's name. What I call him, Jay Fiedler. Yeah, <laughs> no, that is Jay Fiedler, the quarterback for the Dolphins. Oh, okay. Oh, whoa, dropping knowledge, son. Oh, good so. <laughs> it's my natural inclination to assume that you just fucked up a name. So yeah, I, I, I don't have much leeway in that regard. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at you on camera laughing. I'm like, what's yeah. it was like, I was like, is he really enjoying this stat? Is it that good? No, but I'm just, my point is, is that I think that as a Packer fan, your first reaction is to blame the team. But really, it's just that Seattle is a great Great defense. Does they that, are. Does that stat include the Super Bowl? Yeah. I. And 359, and, and Brady threw for 359 in a game on 58 passes, and they scored like 22 points. <laughs> it was ridiculous. The team is nuts, man. Yeah, I don't know if I would 
puts much weight on the Super Bowl. Not that, again, not that Seattle played terribly in the Super Bowl, but I feel like that was a snowball effect and a huge outlier. I feel like if they played that exact same Super Bowl ten times, that would not have happened again. Or even a hundred times, that wouldn't have happened again. I'll say this again, and I texted this earlier to you. I've watched Seattle play 20. I, anybody knows, I told my MCL. I've been in the bed for three weeks. I watched the last 20 Seattle Seahawks games, and they all play out exactly the same way. No big plays downfield, minimal running games, and dink and dunk, and you just, just aren't good enough to, to to consistently move the ball against this team. It's not, it doesn't matter who's the quarterback, it doesn't matter who's the running back, it doesn't matter who's the line. Every team ends up looking exactly the same against Seattle, and after a while, you just have to say, it is this team. And I've been big. I was big of them last year. I said they're going to Super Bowl. I said they're going to destroy Denver. They did. And I'm 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 even more bullish on them. I think sometimes in football we don't want to give it to the team to go back to back, and we look for that hot new team out of nowhere to come up and try to be the smartest guy in the room. And listen, there's no need to be a genius standing right in front of you. Seattle is that team. I'm, sorry, I'm smiling now, if you see on the camera, because I just went to Packers.com, and the very first, very first thing that comes up is tackling problem rears its ugly head again. I bet, I bet. Listen, this is Packers.com. You can't put, hey, Green Bay absolutely destroyed this on Thursday night as the <laughs> as a headline. People aren't going to click. You know. I think you mean Seattle absolutely destroyed us. What I say, Green Bay? Yeah. It could be the sirens behind me that distracted me. Hello again, New York. I live on Fordham Road. If you want to know how crazy this part of the Bronx is, just Google it. <laughs> it's the reason every time we podcast, you hear sirens. But I'm safe, though. <laughs> so I don't know how much more there is to say about this game. No, there's nothing else. Um, besides, uh, Derek Sherrod is awful. Uh, Josh Sitton was the only one on that line that was not awful. Uh, Blaga did not he he apparently his tear on his MCL is minor, and so he will not miss any major time or anything like that. And Eddie Lacy is already has already cleared his concussion protocol, I believe. And they knocked Eddie Lacy out the game. Yeah. Oof, that's vicious. And Barry Lacy is that's a man, it's a man child. I mean, man child. What worries me more about that is um, concussions. I guess the the theory is like you don't know what your number is. But a person can only have so many concussions before it is, like, a serious problem. And that number could be one, it could be a hundred, and I don't know if, like, the more you have in a short period of time, like, I don't know if that's an indication that your number is lower, but it just kind of worries me that he's concussed again. Yeah, it's the second, yeah, yeah, definitely. I could see that. Yeah, it it is just frightening to me that, like, as a Packer fan, my mind goes to the worst place is that, like, oh, shit, we got a guy with talent, but now he's going to have this health problem, and he's he's not going to be in the league next year because something is going to happen, or he's just going to keep getting concussed, and it's going to become a problem. He's going to have to retire for his own health, you know? I mean, it's definitely, you know, dangerous at a position like running back. Yes. Uh, it's, it's full-on contact uh, spot part of the uh, position on the field. And you know, if he's a... He wears the special helmet, too. I don't know if you saw that last night. You can see on the helmet, it's got that weird octagonal or hexagonal spot on the the dome of the head. 
I was like, did, I saw that. I was like, did they like pump oxygen in there or something? Like, what is yeah, it's, that? It's it's just like? because like the helmet is it's not you know like in a regular football helmet it's like one strip pad around the back and then like kind of just one big one everywhere else. In in the like special concussion helmets, there's like air pockets and then a bunch of little smaller pads to absorb more of the momentum from hits and shit. Do you feel better about your Packers now? Now, Don't that, be so now that I've talked about it. Don't be so hard on them. Um, I'll tell no you one's what. going. I'll no one's you. beating Seattle. I'll tell you what. I will. I will call it a sixty-forty split. Green Bay sucking. Seattle being awesome. That's probably the best oh. you're gonna get out of me. Okay. Hey, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. The rest of the season, you can use the whole field again. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the other thing you texted me. Is that they'll be don't, able to use the whole field for the rest of the games now that this is out of the way. And don't bury. Don't put me over, bro. Put me over. Okay. <laughs> don't put, put me over. And, and I mean, you want to talk about bounce back games? The next game is against the Jets, so I'm pretty happy about that. We have plenty of time to talk about week two. Let's get to uh, let's start running down this week one preview. All right. So uh, you just want to go through and make our picks, and then we'll stop and talk about any games that stick out to us. No, we can. Uh, no, we should talk about a little bit about why we're taking a team, why we're picking a team, and you know, it's only two of us this week, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, I suppose we, we can spend a little more time talking about it and not be here for four hours. All right, so uh, now that that Thursday night debacle is over, let's start with the Sunday games, and we'll start with the Saints at the Falcons. Saints at the Falcons, uh, everyone's trendy pick to make the Super Bowl uh, against a team based on hard knocks is trying to find its inner toughness. Uh, they still don't have a defensive line. I don't like the linebackers. Uh, Sam Witherspoon was hurt early on. They got a rookie in there his first game going against Drew Brees in that multifaceted offense. I don't see how this game is close. I got uh, New Orleans 31, Falcons 22. See, I I don't ever do scores when I pick these. I only ever do it on the tiebreaker, which, by the way, we should mention that we are, again, doing this on ESPN's Pigskin Pick'em. Uh, so if you want to join our group, it's the Sports Id. You can just search for it and, and uh, straight up compete with us. Um, I'm gonna. I'm also taking the Saints in this game because I don't believe in the Falcons at all. I still like. I mean, there there are parts of the Falcons I believe in. I think Julio Jones is good. I think Matt Ryan is good. That's my list of Falcons I like. Um, <laughs> I think I used to love Roddy White, but I don't think Roddy White is Roddy White anymore. Even though he's healthy, you know, in last season, the excuse was that he was injured, and I do think he was injured, but I just I don't think he's Roddy White anymore. Um, so I, I just even if the Falcons' defense could somehow keep up with the Saints, which I don't see happening, the Falcons' offense isn't going to keep up with the Saints. So I just, I just yeah, this is an overwhelming Saints pick. Uh, what's the next game? Bills at Bears. Yes. Uh, this is this has thirty eight ten written all over it. <laughs> uh, the Bills believe in EJ Manuel so much they went out and signed Kyle Orton for two years. Oh. Um, Sam Watkins has a fractured rib. It's not known how serious it is, but I can't see this team on the road first game. Coaching staff in disarray. Actually, had a huge argument with team personnel on the field not too long ago. Uh, it's like the general manager and the coach were yelling at each other. Supposedly, the coach tells the general manager, uh, "What are you going to do? Fire me or something along that line?" Uh, Bears offense 
is dynamic, multifaceted, and uh, I just can't see the Bills giving this team a game at all. It's got 38-10 written all over for me. I see. I like the Bills' defense, but again, the questions on offense. I like their defense too, but you know that now that Mike Pettins is move on to uh, Cleveland, I just I think that's going to revert to being back to being Billish. I think he was the genius behind that defense. To be honest with you, there's still talent there. Jim Schwartz is there, so they'll get a lot of penalties. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of talent on that on that defense, and I like that defense, but. I was going to mention, you know, is is there going to be, like, I like that defense on paper, but until I see what they look like with the defensive coordinator change, I'm not ready to say that this is going to be a close one yet. You, you know, because normally I would think that, hey, good defense um, against the terrible defense that the Bears have could kind of keep this a little even, but not until I see what that Bills defense can do. So, uh, Bears for me, too. Uh, next up, we've got the Bengals at the Ravens. Uh, Andy Dalton tends to struggle in the division. He's actually pretty terrible against his divisional rivals. This is a road game. Uh, I think the Bengals are for some slippage. We talked about that in the podcast preview. New defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator. Uh, can Gio Bernard hold up to the workhorse running back load? Uh, Bengals are great everywhere else defensively and uh, at the skill positions. I'm not a big Ravens guy, but they'll win seven games. This is one of those seven. I see a nice, ugly 21-17 game here. Uh, free Ray. <laughs> I was going to drop a free Ray Rice bomb in there. but <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like the defenses on both teams. Um, I like Andy Dalton quite a bit more than you do, uh, and I hate Joe Flacco. I'm not sure how you feel about him. Uh, I just think that the Bengals offense has the edge here over the the Baltimore offense. Um, So I'm actually taking the Bengals on this one. Um, I mean, you know, there's a case to be made. Yeah. It took us three games to find our first disagreement. That's that's what I was excited about. I I just, I just, I I don't know. I don't know. Dalton just never really plays well against his rivals. And uh, it's a lot of pressure on him. And it's a new offense. Supposedly Hugh Jackson's going to emphasize the run more. I don't know. And Ravens generally stop the run. I mean, I I think they say they're going to run the ball more, and I think it's going to turn out that they're not going to be able to. So, Um, but I mean, it means even more Andy Dalton. Yeah, but I I don't know. I just I like Andy Dalton. I have I have faith in him. To, I mean, a, a stat. Towards towards uh, your point there, in I'm just reading this off ESPN. In the seven games, including the postseason, that these two teams have played since Andy Dalton took over as Cincinnati's quarterback, Baltimore is five and two. Yeah, he's he's, he's horrible, and his his interdivisional passing numbers are putrid. Maybe. You know what that says to me. That says to me that once a team plays this guy a couple times, get some film on him, they know exactly what to do against him. I'm not changing my mind, Daniel. You're making good points, but I'm not changing my mind. Next up, we got the Browns <laughs> and the Steelers. Uh, I think this game is going to be really close. I think the Browns' defense is going to be top five this year. They have the genius Mike Pettin, who was Rex Ryan's defensive coordinator with the Jets for a while. He was a decoder coordinator for the Bills last season. 
Uh, the Browns have a lot of talent on defense. There's not really a spot on that team defensively where there's a gaping hole. They have a uh, two good corner. They have a shutdown corner in Joe Hayden. Uh, they got geez, I can't think of the rookie they drafted, but they got a number one pick on the opposite side. Uh, maybe T.J. Ward being gone hurts a little bit, but I think this Browns defense will keep them in a lot of games. But that offense will be terrible, and that'll catch up to them. I see this being a nasty 13-6 Steeler win. I mean, I, I, I do kind of see it the same way, and I I also have a lot of faith in the Browns' defense. I also don't have a lot of faith in the Steelers' offense. And I, I see this as a game that Cleveland could steal, um, but I'm still picking the Steelers. To me, it is also a close game, and I'm thinking it's more like 10-13. But... I just think of these close games where it's really where it's almost a toss-up. Whoever has a better quarterback generally is going to win. I can see Ben having like a 21 for 45 day, two pick, fumble, one touchdown game, and all of a sudden lead the team down less than two minutes for a game-winning field goal. I mean, I just can't see Brian Hoyer doing that. I'm, as much as I would like to see him, so I don't have to hear much about Johnny Manziel anymore. Yeah. Uh, it, I just, you know, I'm not, I'm not some guru who's 100%. I just can't see that happening week one. I would, I would love Brian Hoyer to win MVP this season, just oh, yeah. <laughs> like just just to stick it to the fucking oh my god, I cannot Johnny yeah. Johnny Cleveland. He's he he trying to trademark that name now, right? Are you fucking kidding me? Johnny Cleveland. I have I have heard enough about Johnny Manziel this off season for so let's, uh, my entire life. So let's talk Titans Chiefs then. Yeah, let's move on to the the Titans at the Chiefs. Uh, we both think the Chiefs are going to be regressed this year. Yep. We don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. Um, they could lose possibly nine, ten games. But this ain't one of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was hoping that's where you're going with this. Because that, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I don't know what's going on in ten- Tennessee. They've got some talent on the defensive line. You know, the secondary's veteran-ish. Uh, but... Veteran-ish. Jake Lockler and Sean Green aren't going into Arrowhead and pulling out a win. Uh, I don't think by no means will I come away from this game thinking the Chiefs are super impressive or super elite, but this is a game I think Andy Reid, while coach Ken Wisenhunt, I think it's 24-13. It's Kansas City. Uh, Yeah, I think this is a Kansas City game too, and I think the games that they do win this year, it's going to be Kind of the same as last year with Alex Smith making a lot of like high completion, short passes, very safe. He's he's like I'm I'm trying to think of a metaphor for like what the safest thing is. He's he's the most vanilla safest quarterback uh, in the league right now. I really think, and it's as long as their defense doesn't completely fall off a cliff, which I believe there will be a regression, but I don't think they're going to completely fall off a cliff. I think they're going to beat this terribly lackluster Titans offense. I mean, Titans are good at receiver. There are weapons there. Uh, Justin Hunter's big play. Nate Washington's great uh, intermediate. But I just – Jake Lockers, four years, dude. We, we have enough We have enough evidence to know he's not an elite quarterback. So, so people talk a lot about Tennessee's receiving core. And – I don't know. I see a lot of yardage, but no touchdowns, which to me does well, not make a great receiving core. 
It's just hard when your quarterback is Ryan Fitzharvard and whoever else they're throwing out there last year. Explodes. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. If he, the, they should be praised for getting catches. Like, it's amazing. You know? And Ken Wisenhunt, look, he's a great offensive coordinator. He turned, uh, uh, was it, Philip Rivers around last year. He, you know, Philip Rivers, we all left for dead. And all of a sudden now he's like a trendy MVP candidate. He, he'll he get something out of somebody at the quarterback position. But yeah, I was going to say, that's why, there's, one. that's why there's a lot of, a lot of uh, hope for Jake Locker being some sort of sleeper in fantasy. And I'll be honest, I've got him on a team. Actually, the team that I have RG3 on because I'm terrified about that, but we'll get to that when we get down to the Redskins oh, later. That seems smart. Let me back up RG3 with Jake Lockler. <laughs> you got to quit calling him Jake Lockler. Uh, he's, not, he's not good enough for me to pronounce his name correctly. <laughs> All right. that's We've spent plenty of time on the Texans. Uh, we're both taking the Chiefs in that one. Yes, sir. So let's move on to the Raiders at the New York Jets. Shocking David Carr won this job over the immortal Matt Schaub. I'm sorry, which uh, Carr? David? Derek? Derek? Derek. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> One of these years. You know, as much as I know about this damn game, you think I'd learn these guys' names. But you would just, think. Uh, Derek Carr is shockingly beat out Matt Schaub, I, 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 I guess. I don't know about shockingly. I think, I think a golden retriever could have beat out Matt Schaub for this job. I'm just surprised it took this long. I just didn't think a car would ever be successful or be granted a starting job in the NFL again. <laughs> uh, we talked about the Raiders a lot in the preview. I do like how they have like at least some sort of defensive veteran presence. They won't be god-awful. The Jets by no means are explosive on offense. Their secondary is terrible, but that front seven is going to make Derek Carr's first uh, NFL start hell. Uh, it's on the road, West Coast coming east. One o'clock game it generally doesn't work out for that team. So yeah, I, we, I we've seen how Oakland travels all last season. They do not travel well. Yeah, so I mean, I think this is a seventeen-three game. I don't, I can't see the Raiders getting a touchdown in this game. I don't think the Jets' offense is going to be elite, but I think they'll get enough turnovers to set themselves up for a couple for a field goal or a cheap touchdown. Yeah, I, that is as much of a blowout as this can be with the Jets. Is yeah. seventeen to three? Um, I was gonna, I was gonna make that joke, but uh, you you took it out from under me by giving the score there. So I'm sorry, buddy. No, that's all right. I still got to, I still got to get it in there. Um, just tap, just tap on your nose so <laughs> when when you have a joke coming. Yeah. Got it. All right. So um, I am clearly taking the Jets for the same reason. I think um, the Jets have a good defense. And that is the only thing good about this game on either side of the ball. I don't know. I mean, the the, the Raiders, like you mentioned, they're, they're, they're veterans on defense. And I feel like the Raiders have been doing that forever. They've been signing a bunch of veterans and hoping that their team isn't shitty every year. And then every year it's shitty anyway. So uh, I'm just going to continue to see the Raiders as awful. I do, I do, I am excited to see if Derek Carr is anything, and I hope he is. Uh, but even if he somehow turns into Peyton Manning week one, uh, I still don't see him winning this game. I just, yeah, I, I just think this is a wrong front seven for him to be going up against. Yeah, I mean, it, DeMar- is, it is a really rough first start for a rookie. I'm, I'm concerned. Next up? Uh, next up, we've got the Vikings at the Rams. I am by no means a Rams supporter. Sean Hill all the way, baby. I'm sorry, I was just channeling my Ian. Yeah, I was to say, did you like <laughs> transform? Yeah, I'm no means a Rams, by no means a Rams supporter. 
I am by no means a Viking supporter. I don't think there's two very good teams. And when I don't think two very good teams are playing, you take the home team. I know the Vikings are a trending a trendy pick. I don't see how. Uh I guess, Patterson, I think. I mean he had what a couple returns and a end around. I mean I mean, I mean obviously like Adrian Peterson is is what they think the difference maker here is, and I would agree. But I think the possible home I, I don't I'm not even sure what the actual numbers I'm are. I'm saying how many how many how many years has Adrian Peterson been on the Vikings and how many years have they won ten games? I mean without this is a quarterback league. I mean you can have you know Jim Brown is prime at the backfield. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not a good team. And if you don't have a great defense without a great quarterback, I can't see you going on the road and beating teams. I mean, okay. What I just wanted to say before that was I don't understand. Like, I feel like a lot of the reason there's some excitement for the Vikings this year is Teddy Bridgewater and Corderell Patterson. And I just don't understand. I mean, the excitement for Bridgewater I kind of understand because, you know, he's a rookie. Anything could happen. But Corderell Patterson is, you know, he's, he's had a year in the league and 45 receptions last year for 469 yards. Yes, he had four touchdowns, but that to me just doesn't warrant being super excited. Look, he's 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 a special talent. You give him the ball in his hand, he has a chance to score a touchdown. Definitely. But the thing is, he doesn't get the ball enough to where you're going to actually get returns on that. He's not scoring 25% of the time he touches the ball. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. You know, so he has that big play ability, but he has to you don't win just by had a, a end around or a kick return return for a touchdown once every four games. If he's going to be a star in this league, he has to be consistent, run good routes, and hope that he and Matt Castle hit it off. Their quarterback is Matt Castle. <laughs> They're not winning this game. He spent too much time. No, I'm, going... I am clearly taking the Rams um, partially because I actually, uh, I mean, I was, I was joking when I said, you know, Sean Hill, woo. But uh, I actually do like Sean Hill. Um, he's a he's a much better backup than Kellen Clemens. Not that that is saying much, um, but especially against a team like the Vikings, I'm I'm gonna take the Rams. I think I like the Rams a little bit more this year than most people. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna take the Rams. Yeah, I'm with the Rams too. 2017. All right, then we've got the Patriots at the Dolphins. You know, I, I nearly picked the Dolphins in this game. Really. Uh, yeah, just because the Patriots struggle in Miami, uh, historically, they this is always a tough game for them. Uh, last year, they even well, they had like that cr- yeah that crazy late fumble that may not have been a fumble recovery to help them come back from a deficit at halftime. I think they're down twenty to three at halftime. But uh, I, I I'm big on the Patriots. I think they're going fourteen and two, and I can't you know. Can't just give them one loss week one and expect them to go in 14 out of next 15. <laughs> yeah. So I had to pick the Patriots here. Uh, but I think this will be a very, 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 very close game. Uh, I'm excited to see Tannehill and the new offense run out here. All right. Now, this is something I wanted to talk about. Is Everybody's been super excited that Bill Lazor, uh, who worked under Chip Kelly, is here with a new offensive scheme and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be more creative and they're going to do all these awesome things. And I don't think we saw any of that in the preseason at all. That's, that's normal, though. You're not going to bust out your new spanky 
shiny offense in the preseason. I'm, I'm not like, saying you show everything, but like I like nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It's like the re- really? it's like it's like remember uh Robert Griffin's rookie year. The Redskins didn't run any read option in the preseason. They didn't run any of that. No one expected that read option. They busted out week one and the league was like, uh, what do we do? And then it was so worked so well that Jim Harbaugh put in Colin Kaepernick in week eight and was like, we're going to do the same thing because the league is obviously not prepared for it. I think they're playing it smart by doing it that way. You don't want any film on that. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the Dolphins are going to suddenly turn into even like Philly Jr. this year. Um, I think their offense will be a little better, but only because they were not very good last year. And they do have a pretty good defense, but I don't see them coming out in week one, even at home, and beating this Patriots team. I think I agree with that. I mean, I just I think Ryan Tannehill could be a better Nick Foles. I think he's more talented than Nick Foles. So, but before but for this game, which is what we're predicting, I have the Patriots going twenty-one, uh, Dolphins twenty. It, it should be noted that in that Chip Kelly offense, it also helps to have a really good running back. And uh, between Lamar Miller and Noshan Moreno, I, I don't think the Dolphins have that. So, no, they don't. Uh, so I had Lamar Miller on my fantasy team, so I can attest this to year or last year. Oh, last year. Okay. I would never turn to the Okay. Oh, yeah. Those guys that burn you in, you'll never touch them again with a 10-foot pole. I'd All rather right. draft Ray Rice in the first round than pick up oh. Lamar, Lamar Miller off waivers. <laughs> wow. That is, a, that is a strong statement. All right, next up we've got... <laughs> I'm sorry, this is, this is a joke. Uh, Jacksonville at Philadelphia. All right, we don't need to do too much analysis on this. Uh, Eagles. I, Eagles 38. No, 41-10. Oof. 41-10. Oof. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if they hit 41, but yeah. Definitely taking the Eagles in this one. Uh, so then let's move on to the last Sunday game. The Redskins, sorry, the Washington professional football team. The last Sunday 1 o'clock game, buddy. I'm sorry, what did I say? The last Sunday game. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I did mean the last... Uh, one o'clock game. Uh, the Washington professional football team at the Houston Texans. I'm a, you know, I'm big on the Texans this year. If you listen to our AFC yeah. preview, I am big on them. Uh, I'm not down on the Redskins as much as everyone is. Excuse me, the Washington professional football team as everyone else is. Uh, I think the death of RG3 has been greatly, greatly exaggerated. Um, it's actually kind of... It's kind of seemed pretty unprofessional. It makes me see like the people watch... RG3 play last year. I know he wasn't great, but his numbers weren't bad. They, you, the way you think he threw more picks and interceptions, I mean, more picks and touchdowns, and there's even this slowly rising Kirk Cousins yeah, no, minority. See, to me, that is that is absolutely insane that they would even imply that there's any sort of quarterback controversy there. There's, I have no there's, idea. There's no way. I mean, to me, the only possible way that happens is either an RG3 injury or... RG3 plays like complete dog shit the entire year, and then maybe next year they wouldn't put him back in. I still think he is, unless he's terrible for more than one year at a time, he is he's the, the future quarterback for that team, and there's no way they switch him out for Kirk Cousins. No, definitely not. Uh, the Texas defense, to me, is going to be stout. It's going to be the uh, a top five defense in the league this year. I think Watt and Clowney are going to wreck and just be absolutely unblockable up front uh, and just cover for the deficiencies in that secondary. I just see it as a defensive battle. I don't think either offense is going to be great. Uh, I got 16-13 Texans. 
I am I'm really back and forth on this game, and normally on the the games I'm back and forth on, I I tend to like you go for the home team. But I am I'm going to take the Redskins in this one, and it's more really, to be honest, just wishful thinking that RG three will be RG three again. Um, because A, I have him on my work league fantasy team, and B, I still want to get my wife an RG3 jersey, because Aww. because I'm pretty sure that was the first player she drafted when the first time I talked her into playing fantasy football before she watched fantasy football, and she loves RG3. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a bet on RG3 and my marriage that the Redskins are gonna win this game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> gonna roll the dice all in one game, buddy. <laughs> it's okay. My wife's laughing. It's it's fine. Next up. Yeah, next up, we've got the 49ers at the Cowboys. Uh, everyone knows I am the most pessimistic Dallas Cowboys fan in the world. Uh, and also that you I, love Colin Kaepernick. And I love Colin Kaepernick, that is for damn sure. I'm not a Kaepernick hater. So I was very torn. I was torn in this game. Uh, I don't think Dallas is going to be great this year, but I think they'll win this game. Um I I can we can sit here and name all the defensive deficiencies and the guys missing off the Niners defense right now, but I think the Dallas Cowboys will have a, one of the best offensive lines in football. Uh, they have a top ten running back, they have a top five receiver, and a top ten quarterback uh, at home. I'm going to take them against the Niners. Uh, this is an upset. I think this will be the Dallas Super Bowl. They'll never look this good again this year. And, uh, <laughs> they'll, they'll catch the Niners uh, sleeping a little bit. Wow. Um. I mean, you you mentioned uh, you know the, the the troubles that San Francisco's defense is already having before the season even starts, and I still think they're going to have a better defense than the Cowboys. Um, oh, listen, me, you, Alyssa, Ian, Maddie, <laughs> and you know, a couple ladies off the street have a better defense than the Cowboys. It's that bad. Yeah. So, I I, I too think that the Niners are going to. Oh, sorry, not I too because you picked. I was I was expecting you that whole time to take the Niners, but you. I, like I was thinking that you were like you know double faking me out or something. Um, I'm Call gonna it take so swerve. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shout out to the wrestling id. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take the 49ers in this one. There's there's been a little concern uh, that Kaepernick isn't Kaepernick this preseason, and that they're worried something is wrong, or that like something is physically wrong with him, or just just something he's regressed somehow. Um, I think that's probably been played up a little bit too much. Maybe it's just a little rusty or something. I'm not sure. It's called it's called over coverage, Drew, and we have nothing to talk about week two in uh, August. So let's let's overanalyze a preseason game. That's what it is. Yeah, true. yeah, that 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 sounds like what it probably is. Um, so I I still am going to take uh, the Niners here against against that porous Cowboys defense. Um, speaking of the Cowboys defense, uh, I'm insanely jealous that you guys signed uh, Michael Sam to your practice squad because he's a player that even though he schematically does not fit at all on the Packers, I would have loved the Packers to pick up just because I like to stock up on talent. And uh, to me, it is absolutely insane that he was not on a roster that he even passed through waivers to begin with. The Cowboys are so terrible. They should sign everyone and just sort it out. Doesn't matter. I mean, Michael Sam, talented or not. I mean, Bill Polian kind of ripped them on ESPN. Said it's not a social issue. That the guy's just pretty much one dimensional. He doesn't know how to play in space. Not a good special team player. He's got a lot to work on. And you know, like who the hell am I to argue with Bill Polian? I'm sorry, but most rookies are like that. And I think he has more raw talent to work with than most. 
especially at that position. So I, look, I, I hope I, look for the sake of the Dallas front line <laughs> for years to come. I hope you are right. Uh, I, you know, I, do I think we just got you know a thirteen sat guy? Nah, no. Nah, but I think he could be a, a rotation player in a year, and the, you know those guys are valuable in the league. I don't, I don't think you got a thirteen sat guy either, but I think you got a seven eight sat guy. I think if yeah, you played be. sixteen games, seven eight sacks, that's a huge step up for that Dallas front line. So yeah, I guess yeah, but also depends on you know what he's doing in between those sacks. If he's just getting seven or eight sacks, and guys are running seven yard stretch plays on his side too. You know, it's, it's a balance. The sack can be overrated. There's a lot goes into the defensive end mm-hmm. and like, I'm not going to, you know, say he can't. It's just, hey, I'm, I hope you're right, Drew. I'm not good at projecting rookies. Let's just say that. I, don't I mean, nobody is. Yeah, definitely not. I don't watch enough college football. You know, I know about pros. That's what I'm into. So. All right. So let's move on to the Panthers at the Buccaneers. The last of the afternoon games. There you go. Uh, look, we, I came around on scam last year, uh, but this Panther team—it's uh, going to be pretty bad offensively. Offensively, this is just going to be Cam. They—they they have better weapons on this Auburn championship team Oof. than they do on this Carolina offense right now. Uh, is Greg Hardy suspended? Isn't he? Can you look that up? Yeah, I believe so. Greg Hardy suspended. The Panthers lose a huge, huge component on that defense. Um, the Panther corners are, you know, solid. You know, not not all worldly, not bad. Uh, I think Vincent Jackson is going to eat him up a little bit, and I just don't see the Panthers able to score enough in this game. So he is not suspended. Oh, well, he's going to play. Uh, it appears he is going to play Week One. He, wow. He was listed with a bruised shoulder during the preseason, but will be fine to play in week one. Uh, He's not listed on the injury report, and I am not seeing anything here about uh, a suspension. I he see must have bruised sh- I see a bunch of things that sh- saying he might be suspended, but they are older, and there's nothing about him being suspended, so he should be fine. It, should, it depends on, I guess, that court case and how that works out. But anyway, um, well, with him there, I still... I think it lowers the Tampa Bay point total a little bit, but it doesn't bring up the Panthers point total. So instead of 24-3, I got a 21-3 bucks. Also, Cam Newton's a game-time decision, by the way. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to bring up, is I had originally picked Cam Newton because I made my picks, like, I don't know, last Sunday or something. And after hearing about his rib and, I mean, to be honest, picking them in the first place was already a risk. It was more me just trying to prove a point, you know, picking them as my dark horse. But, uh, yeah, with <laughs> if Cam Newton doesn't start, do you know the other two quarterbacks? Does thou not believe in Derek Anderson? No, I don't. And that, that was my <laughs> point. The other two quarterbacks are Derek Anderson and Joe fucking Webb. Shout out to Joe Webb, runner, Which, quarterback should, slash receiver. That should honestly be his middle name, Joe fucking Webb. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> I think Cam Newton could make things happen on this offense, you know, where his receivers are Cotri, Benjamin, and then he's got Greg Olson at, at uh, tight end. Like, he could possibly make something happen with that terrible receiving options. Uh, but anybody else in there, this offense is... Oof. This offense would be better if Cam was throwing to himself. Yeah. If he doesn't start this game, I mean, honestly, a it's... 
they're going to have to run so much, they're going to look worse than, like, a D3 high school team. And this Tampa Bay defense is good, too, man. Yeah. They Gerald McCoy, Levante, David, uh, Altern, uh, Veneer. Alteron. I jacked his – I know I jacked his name all oh, yeah. the way up. <laughs> he, you know, from Tennessee, he's one of the best corner covers. Goldson, uh, cover. Yeah. yeah. Really good defense. This is a good team. This is a good defense, and this is not a team you want to come into with an unproven receiving core, a shaky offensive line, and an unhealthy quarterback. Yeah, I think defense to defense, uh, the Bucks win that matchup, and offense to offense, the Bucks definitely win that matchup. Like I said, the only reason I picked Carolina before is because I believe in Cam Newton, and I wanted that dark horse pick to be right. But I have since changed my pick to the Bucks, and I don't think it's going to be close. There you go. Uh, then we've got the late Sunday game. The Colts, game of the week? Yes, the Colts at the Broncos. Uh, my, uh, I have. I want everyone to know I am all in on the Monty Ball train this year. <laughs> I have drafted him in three different leagues. Um, I probably reached a little bit, but I think he's going to be a top 10 running back in fantasy. And, hey, look, if you get three starters in a 12-team league in your fantasy, I mean, in your fantasy team, that's, that's pretty good, yeah. So, But bigger than that, uh, the Colts' defense improved last year. I just use air quotes, but no one can see me. Uh, just be, I don't want to hear about that. You know, first of all, Robert Mathis allegedly, no, allegedly was taking some sort of uh, testosterone uh, hider, I guess, was a masking agent or some sort. I'm not a I'm not a drug dealer, so yeah, I don't really know what it's called. Uh, so at least that's what they refer to as in baseball. So yeah, he won't be playing the first four games he won't be in this game and he destroyed the Broncos in that uh Sunday night game last year where Peyton lost in his return um the Colts defense improved last year just because they got to play the Titans Texans and Jaguars six times and neither one of those teams are playing in this game so I think they're bad in the back end I don't think they're good on the line and I think the linebackers are bad and you can't convince me that Peyton Manning won't throw four or five touchdowns tonight, that night, Sunday, on NBC at 8.30. <laughs> um, yeah. To me, like, we, we talked about during the, the preview about the Colts, and uh, Ian and I had a little more faith in them than you. Um, but I think, even if, even if I think that they are a, a better team than you think they are, there's still no way they're a better team than the Broncos. I know, no, the, definitely I know the Broncos looked like shit in the Super Bowl, but this is not the Seattle defense. This is not a big game like that. This is like none of the elements that could have possibly contributed to the Broncos being that bad are going to be in this game. So I think it's just completely absurd to overreact, which very few, but I know some people are, um, and I'm taking the Broncos. Yeah, I think I think it's 42-21 Broncos. They're, they're going to give up some points, but they're going to score way more. Yeah, they're going. I mean, they're going to give up points because Andrew Luck's got plenty of opportunities to be on the field. Like, oh, they just scored again. Guess I'll, guess I get my helmet. <laughs> Wait, no. Oh, gosh, I'll get my helmet. <laughs> um, okay, so over under forty five pass attempts for Andrew Luck. Over. Trent oh, yeah. Richardson's is running back. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't know how many times you can sit there and watch him dive into the guard for a two-yard gain, and he's like, all right, look, this ain't working, Jack. I mean, if you're the offensive coordinator for the Colts, apparently a ton of times. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you could watch that all day. All right. Uh, let's move on to the earlier Monday night game, because there are two this week. We've got Yay. the awful New York Giants at the, I guess let's call them up-and-coming Detroit Lions. The middling Detroit Lions. The up-and-coming the... for like the fourth straight year, but they can't We're do still... with it, Detroit Lions. We're still waiting on the Detroit Lions. Yeah, <laughs> like, yep. Yep. Um, the best part about this game is that the Giants play on Monday, and I can watch uh, other teams play on Sunday <laughs> instead of having to wait for game rewind to wait, catch do you get, games. So do you get just the Giants games, or do you get Jets games too? We get Jets on channel on the CBS station and Giants on the Fox station, and then the issue is that they don't run a posing game against either team generally. What? Yeah, but I have game rewind, so it's fine. I mean, okay. I, just, well, I, just, I, just that, I mean that's still ridiculous, but let's say yeah, it's ridiculous, but it's I mean, good. I don't know. Is that more ridiculous, or the fact that uh, in Ashland, uh, Wisconsin, where I lived before this, we get Vikings games if the Vikings and the Packers play at the same time, which is more ridiculous? I guess if you can't see your favorite team, that would be more ridiculous. But if you have to watch the Giants play... That's it, ridiculous. Let's talk about this team. The Giants are a terrible football team, and nobody wants to say it but us. And it's fine. We'll, we'll be the ones to say it. You cannot tell me a part of this team that's elite or above average except for the secondary. There's not one other think, facet of this team that's above average. Okay, I think Victor Cruz is good, and I think Rashad Jennings is going to have an okay Don't year. Don't give me other a player... Than- Give me a group like the yeah, wide I receivers. I can't. I can't. The running backs, the offensive line, the See, quarterback. Yeah, I can't. I think there are individuals on this team that if they were on other teams would look way better. I think this team is going to drag guys like Rashad Jennings and Victor Cruz down. And, yes, I. this is a bad team. It's a bad team. And they're going to go into the Lions, then, rawr, and they're going to get smoked. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I think the Lions are going to put up, like, they could put up 48 points on this Giants defense. Especially if the, the Giants line cannot get to the quarterback and Stafford has a chance to actually go through his progressions and not just like, ah, throw it to Calvin. Uh, this Lions team with a lot of weapons. That was the, that, I'm sorry, that was the best Matthew Stafford impression I've ever heard. I thought that's what he does. He's like, ah, there's Calvin. <laughs> By the way, that also works for Andy Dalton, A.J. Green. But, um... I think this Lions team has tons of weapons, tons of players on the offensive side that can do all mix and match and play the slot, play the out, play the outside. And if you're not getting pressure, <laughs> I mean, you're not going to be able to guard Reggie Bush and Calvin Johnson for more than two to three seconds. And uh, I can't see the Giants getting pressure. They haven't gotten pressure on the quarterback in two years. I got 38. I got 38 a lot. No, I would go 31, 21 Lions. Well, yeah. the Giants getting a late touchdown or something. So, this this Lions offense looks even better than last year. I think I think uh, Golden Tate is a step up for sure. Uh, not that like I I still don't think Golden Tate is that great, but he is probably oh, the best number player, two o- option that the Lions have had in quite some time. Well, um, let me say he's he's a good number two, and he's worlds better than Chris Dunham. Or yes, the hell his name yes, is. yeah, uh, the guy who's dicky and is trying to suck every week. Um, <laughs> I was, every every week he's he was talking about him last year, and there's just nothing there. Um, I I don't know how you feel about this, but I think Joyke Bellin's the better running back on that team. 
Ah, oh, definitely. I, I, think, I think that one-two punch of those two, um, Bell being the one and the two in the punch, and Bush just being the I don't know, whatever's whatever's left. He's still a good pass catcher and everything, but he's I don't. I don't know why he's still a running back. They should just have. They should have had him as the number two receiver last year. I mean, he was the de facto, but they should have really just officially moved his position to wide receiver. I'm just thinking. I mean, you can do all sorts of sets. You can have Bush run the slot with Tate and Johnson outside. You can have Joyk and Bush in the backfield. Have you know Bush run little wheel routes out of the backfield or little slant digs. I mean, there's just so there's so many options with that team that. Joyk and Reggie are going to get enough touches, enough catches to, like, you know, both be kept happy and full and both be used to the best of their abilities, hopefully. Yeah, to me, hopefully. The, to me, the only way that this offense doesn't look pretty good every week uh, is if something happens to Stafford because the backups are, are Dan Orlovsky and that, that more fella that Ian's so excited about. I don't know who that is, and people don't care. No. <laughs> so who you got in this game? Yeah, uh, I'm taking the Lions for sure. And then the final game of the week, the late, late uh, Monday night game, the San Diego Chargers at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, wow. Two teams that definitely played better than anyone thought they would last year, right? Um yes. The world is on the Charger bandwagon. I'm not so on it. I think they'll be a good team. Uh, we talk a lot in the preview about the injuries to the NFC, to the Cardinals and how that's going to really hurt their standing in the NFC. Uh, Darnell Dockett out for the season. Darrell Washington suspended. Carl Dansby in, in uh, Cleveland now. They do have Patrick Peterson, Antonio Cromartie. Honey Badger should be playing this game, but he's coming back from major injury as well. Uh, I just think the Cardinals' strength is their defense, not their offense, even though the names are there. Larry Fitzgerald hasn't been a good player in two seasons. And you can say, oh, it's not a quarterback. Somehow Michael somehow Michael Floyd got 1,000 yards receiving last year. Uh, another factor in this game, Andre Elton may not be playing. Uh, yeah, he's got a foot thing. Exactly. So Jonathan O'Dwyer is getting 10 carries. They're all <laughs> Jonathan there. Dwyer. It's not O'Dwyer. He, you automatically lose. Um, so... <laughs> I've got, once again, comes down to the better quarterbacks. I take Phillip Rivers over Carson Palmer right now. So 24-21 Cardinal. I'm Chargers. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers in this one. Um, I think it I think it will be pretty close. Uh, sure, why not? 24-21 sounds close. Hey, that's my score. Yeah, well, I'm stealing it from you. We can't. We're, we're, it's a tiebreaker. We'll the tiebreaker. 27-24. There you go, buddy. Wow, that's uh, that's week one. It's in the books. That's exactly how it's going to turn out, folks. You can uh, you can take that to the bank. Uh, don't even bother watching the games now because we just told you. Or Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> take it to Vegas. So that's that's a little, it's a little more lucrative there. I, I'm, now I'm now I'm picturing somebody like writing down all their picks and just taking them to the bank and like handing them to a teller and being like, "Give me money." Look what I did. I'm so good. I'm sorry, sir. Um, does that really work like that? <laughs> well, uh, we miss Ian. Definitely miss the guy. Yep. Uh, hopefully we can be whole. We haven't been whole in a couple in three weeks now. Yeah. Let's, hopefully we can be whole week two, and uh, hopefully the Cowboys will come off a win, and the Lions would have lost, and I can sit stand talking the hill for one week. That'd be nice. 
you know that that I mean, if that happens, it will be tempered by the fact that, I, that the rest of the year, fifteen other weeks, you will be super pessimistic about the Cowboys. <laughs> so I, I mean, if that happens, it happens. I don't, I, it's not going to bother me any. Wait a wait a way to shoot down my one week, <laughs> one week. I'm so, is that is that not what we do? This is what this is why people hate the Packers. This is why people hate Packer fans. Oh, oh yes, yep, that's it. That's totally why. Well, I'm Daniel, uh, and I'm Drew. And you have been listening to the Sports Id Week 1 Preview. You can check us out at thesportsid.net or on facebook.com slash thesportsid. You can email us at thesportsid at gmail.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at thesportsid. Again, the music at the beginning of this episode and coming up here now is from Matthew Mananin of The Underground West. Uh, you can check them out at theundergroundwest.bandcamp.com or on facebook.com slash underground west. I love you guys. you again and pray that it
Thank you.